Hello, you're listening to a new episode of The Water Scientists, the podcast of KWR Water Research Institute, in which we get to the bottom of difficult water questions. My name is Tim. And I'm Andrew. In this episode, we ask Stefania Munreto, research on innovation and valorization, the question, how can serious games contribute to a sustainable water management? Welcome, Stefania. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Okay, to start with, um, simulation and gaming have um, existed as tools for public policy analysis and planning for several decades, um, but they've also become sort of broad umbrella terms. Could you briefly specify the nature of the serious games um, that we'll be discussing today? Yes, sure. So I would probably start by saying what a game is in order to, and in contrasting what a serious game is. So a game is an activity that stands outside ordinary life, and it has its own structure, roles, rules, and a real goal. Its its aim is to absorb the uh, player attention, and it's meant for pure entertainment uh, Mm -hmm. and fun. Mm -hmm. In contrast, uh, a serious game is an oxymoron in this term, because uh, serious is the opposite of entertainment and fun. (laughs) But that's the whole idea of the oxymoron, to focus on the idea that the um, entertainment and fun is not the primary goal of a game, mm-hmm. of a serious game, but it's actually learning and uh, on a specific issue, on a specific topic. But serious game retain the structure and the roles and the goals of, of, a, of a game. And it's a concept that dates back in the 70s, so it's nothing really new. Mm-hmm. The first um, to establish this idea was Clark Abt in his book uh, Serious Games in 1970. And he launched this idea that simulation games could be used for education, for policy making, for public policy. And since then, there's been a vast amount of literature and applications in different domains, like education, military training, notably, but also government, corporate, healthcare, and also water management, where serious games are increasingly used to facilitate interaction, communication, learning, and also planning. Yes. Yeah, and sometimes I'm jealous. I, I, I see the game part of, uh, of what you're doing. It looks to be fun, but it's also serious. It's true. Yeah. Um, what I was wondering was about 10 years ago, KWR organized uh, a strategic think, think tank session to discuss the potential applications for serious games in the Dutch water sector. And back then we saw some real potential, for example, for simulating crisis situations and for gaining insight, in, in, insight into um, the, fiscal and the different roles of water organizations in broader complex problems. Um, And the water organisations, they found that traditional games, like board games, to be most useful because of the valuable social interaction with others and because the computerised games, they generally interrupted that social or that human interaction. What's changed since then? And um, how has that affected the potential of serious games to support water organisations? Yeah, um, I think three main things have have happened over the past decade and also in recent times. So first... It's an increased awareness of the interconnectedness of multiple sectors and actors in complex water programs. Mm-hmm. And this has resulted into more engagement of different stakeholders in decision-making processes. Second, the fast progression of computational capacity in terms of data processing and storing capacity, but also internet speed. And finally, remote working due to the recent pandemic. So let me explain. So. Over the past decade, it has become increasingly visible and clear that management of complex water problems require engagement of group, a big, broad group of stakeholders. I think we all uh, 
uh, who work in this sector uh, by now have accepted that in multiple domains. Mm -hmm. So it's about public authorities, it's water and other industries, such as the food and agriculture industries, and also citizens. And these stakeholders have different knowledge, they have different awareness of problems, uh, and different perspectives of what should the solutions be for the, to these problems. And they bring all these no different knowledge and perspectives to the discussion about this complex problem. And this has prompted the search for decision support tools to facilitate dialogue and to incorporate this knowledge, stakeholder knowledge and preferences into decision processes. And the serious game approach is, um, can be applied to the traditional decision support tools that are more focused on, for example, uh, um, optimization analysis or technical models to actually capture also these socioeconomic and governance aspects via, for example, uh, collaborative modeling or structured stakeholder engagement. Mm -hmm. So that's one point. The second important change is that um, it's an increased computational capacity, server storage capacity, internet speed. Essentially, this has driven the proliferation of more and more sophisticated computer-based serious games that integrate different models, use long data, historical data series, use complexity science, and even artificial intelligence to make real-time accurate estimates, assessment, and predictions of, for example, resource use, water demand, environmental economic impact of uh, certain resource use. So the advantage is the game interface is then a simple user interface that allows structured um, to see the results of this complex analysis without engaging the player with the complexity of the analysis that is running in the background. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, that helps and facilitate uh, um, dialogues in, uh, in the settings in which these games uh, um, are played. So is that, is that why, why the computer is no longer a barrier for the multi-stakeholder approach? Yeah, I would say yes. Also, for example, now you see more and more using multimodal games in which you sit around the table, 5, 10, 15 people, you make them interact with certain structures and dynamics and rules, and you support the dialogue with a computer-based assessment of the decisions that are being made in that game in real time. Because it's so quick and so fast, you click a button and it's, uh, it's essentially there, and then you can bring the results of that assessment into the conversation back. And yeah, and this actually brings also to the last point, which is related to the pandemic. And the fact that, you know, remote working, so it has renewed the interest on uh, online engagement tools. Because we work online, we also do stakeholder engagement online. So there is a renewed interest in stakeholder engagement tools, and Serious Games is one of them. Yeah, so this is well, like a sort of a broad vision on, on Serious Gaming. What is uh, KWR doing on the field of Serious Gaming? Yeah, um, well, KWR over the past, I would say, three to five years I started working with serious games on complex water issues. So we have new colleagues with expertise in modeling, simulation and gaming. Our CEO himself, Dragan Savic, is very active in this domain. And these colleagues and also myself as well, we collaborate with universities like Exeter University in the UK or R&D organization like Eurecat Technology in Barcelona in the, cost, in the context of um, European funded projects for the development of computer-based serious games. Some of these games make use of artificial intelligence and also integrate different 
complex models to support water management, decisions, so for example, on the transition to a circular economy, assessment of multi-sector interactions and impact. And KWR is also, that's one part, so on uh, European funded project, but KWR is also working with the Dutch and Flemish water utilities in the context of the, um, the joint research program BTO and WISE to develop serious games that can enable the water utilities to interact both internally to better understand their own operations and externally with their, externally with their customers and their stakeholders to build understandings and consensus on water issues, water problems, water allocation. Okay. Yeah. And could you perhaps for the listeners explain one or two examples of, uh, of games that KWR has, uh, has worked on or has developed for the water sector so that they can imagine yeah. what we're talking about? Yes, sure. There are numerous applications of serious gaming as a tool to facilitate interaction, communication and learning. Um, in KWR, in the context of the European-funded project NextGen, there is a serious game that is developed that aims to improve understanding of a circular economy of water. How does it do that? So the game basically allows the player to explore the interactions between different components of the urban water cycle and also the energy domain, and also to reflect on how these interactions affect the flows of water, energy, and material in the urban water cycle, which in turn affect the different industries locally and regionally. And an evolution of this game is actually planned to be developed for another European project that just start, recently started, Ultimate, mm -hmm. which focuses this one on industrial symbiosis. So how are the interaction between industries and the flow of water, energy, and material between industries, so that the player can really get a better understanding of how these fluxes uh, uh, develop. Another example, different nature of a game, completely different, very highly sophisticated in terms of modeling behind it is the Symphor Nexus serious game. This was developed also within a European funded project. The game shows the impacts of um, resource use and uh, the impacts of relevant policies on the water, energy, food, land and, land and climate nexus. And it does so through a model-based analysis that uses uh, real data from case studies at different scales. And one of the areas um, which, for which a serious game was developed, Symphonex a serious game was developed, is the southwest, water, southwest region of England. And the southwest water utility of that region was part of the project. And now they use the game for strategic planning in their five years business plan. And this was possible because the sophisticated analysis that of the nexus interactions that um, was composed is composed of you know multiple models, uh, long historical data series of water, agriculture, energy, land use, complemented with also socioeconomic um, and cost analysis of different policy options and policy solution, made possible to really have accurate and realistic predictions to the point that it could be used for business planning. And that's essentially what they're doing. Okay. Yeah. And then there are also, I want to mention, because these are also other, this is only European funded, but there are also a couple of interesting projects uh, with uh, the water utilities that we are doing. So one is the series game being developed with the um, water utility of Kroningen to support uh, water transition planning in the region. So the game helps to understand water demand and water supply under different scenarios. 
And by projecting this demand and supply for the future, the game helps understand the player understand the priorities and needs for different water uses, mm -hmm. and also for facilitating the discussion and also joint decision-making and planning. So you sit around the table with this game, water authorities, water boards, farmers of organizations, so, so no, different water users, and you make them understand and reflect that there are multiple demands and a scarce you know, for a scarce resource. Mm -hmm. And the other serious game, it is a totally different nature. So this one is a more external oriented towards the stakeholder. The other one is more internally oriented towards the water utility. Mm -hmm. And it's on integrated asset management. So in this game, water professionals that deal with, with asset management can get a better understanding of each other's roles and responsibilities in the company when dealing with the management of assets. And this is done by offering them, the player, the possibility to take the role of an asset owner, of an asset manager, or an asset operator. And if you think of inviting, for example, an asset manager to take the role of an asset operator, or an asset owner to take the role of an asset operator, that helps them understand what they deal with on a regular basis, on an everyday basis, which problems they have to deal with. So again, it helps to uh, support the strategic decision making, for example, on asset maintenance or replacement priorities, for example, for the utilities. Okay. Yeah, so you've, you've explained about these cutting edge European projects yeah. where there's really been research done and then some more like consultancy or advice yeah. projects for individual utilities or for in, in regional planning with public, uh, public uh, water organisations. Yeah. And KWI has, has a role in both. What I'm interested in is in innovations on the shorter term. So um, are there, what, what's KWR's added value? What's KWI doing and where can you see some real ad, um, value being added on, mm -hmm. on the short term? Yeah, well, I think uh, what we are exploring in the European projects like uh, NextGen and Ultimate is the use of uh, augmented reality and also virtual reality tools to help um, communicate with stakeholders and the general public uh, about the challenges uh, and the innovation in the domain, in this case, uh, of circular economy and industrial, and industrial symbiosis. So what are these? Because maybe not the, the, the audience is not really familiar. But augmented reality is essentially technologies that allows uh, an interactive experience um, of a real world environment. And it does so using an um, enhanced by computer generated information reality. So for example, you add a simple 3D image or audios. So you superimpose these images on a reality or an object that you are seeing. And this provides a bit of a more immersive experience on that reality. And it's often used, for example, with smartphone cameras. So you point your camera towards a center object, an additional image and related information, for example, pops up about that object. Virtual reality in contrast is a full immersive experience in a completely non-real, so completely virtual um, uh, world. And some Dutch water utilities, such as, um, for example, Waternet, but also Brabant Water, are exploring the use of augmented reality to assist their maintenance engineers, for example, through the visualization of information about the location and the functioning of their assets. So that's one thing. And another uh, water utility they're exploring, I think that's Brabant Water, they are also exploring the use of virtual reality 3D models to optimize the placement of new water production locations. 
for example. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so you have, you know, the research in a European project, it's more oriented to engage uh, the, the citizens, uh, you know, into understanding of complexity problems, whereas the water utilities use them more for their applied, more in an applied way for solving their, their everyday problems, like, you know, helping their engineers doing better maintenance or uh, having a better a new location for a new plan. Uh, but another thing I, I think I would like to mention is the ultimate project in which we have um, something that we are experimenting for the first time, which is called the multi-use play spaces. Mm -hmm. So it's something that is used in the energy sector and in other domains, but the first time applied to water. So it's, um, it's essentially um, multi-use play spaces are immersive, playful experiences in the form of artistic installation that use media technology to create a story on a certain topic. Mm -hmm. And it could be a wastewater treatment plant or industrial symbiosis. And these play space, uh, spaces are aimed at citizens and to help them understand and learn about complex issues. And we're going to have these installations in three demo sites, one in the Netherlands, um, in the horticulture industry, okay. one in, in Italy, and that's more a chemical industry, and one in Den Denmark, where it's an, in, an industrial symbiosis in Kalumburg. Okay. So this, the, the, the things that you mentioned are all short term, like, well, in, in a few uh, years, yeah, I happening think. Now. Yeah, or <laughs> happening now, yeah. Um, but where do you think that serious gaming will be in, like, 10 years from now? And, and what could this vision mean for, for, for water organizations? Yeah, um, <laughs> well, I think the use of augmented reality and virtual reality tools will keep growing in the water sector. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, in 10, 15 years from now, I think we will probably see more and more water professional, you know, wearing goggles or use, <laughs> you know, augmented reality tools and even playing with avatars to plan their drinking water plants or a wastewater treatment plan, but also to, you know, to engage, you know, in a more playful way, you know, yeah. uh, stakeholders to make, you know, joint decision on water demand and supply. But also to you know to do you know as we said maintenance of their infrastructure or support to the work of their uh, you know water engineers. So I think it's a it's a big field uh, of development. Also because as I said, computational capacity, storage capacity, data management it, it keeps growing. Yeah. So and that allows more and more of these tools. In this episode, we ask Stefania Munaretto the question: How can serious games contribute to sustainable water management? Yes, and we found that the complexity and the, the reality of the underlying models is becoming infinitely more advanced, for example, with, with the multi-model games, augmented reality. And um, by using this technology, we can create safe environments for dialogue and for learning. So thank you, Stefania. And thank you for listening to The Water Scientists. Go to kwrwater.nl slash podcast to subscribe via your favorite podcast app. And if you have a difficult water question of your own, feel free to send it to info at kwrwater.nl. Next time, we'll be back with another difficult question and a smart water scientist. Goodbye.